Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This week on the Top 8 Podcast, we're joined by Cy Steers to talk about that Cardiff game, FC Porto, and keeping in touch with Manchester City in the all-important title race. And have you seen that team this season? Not for me. Sure. I'll make some changes. You know who joins Virgil van Dijk in my team? Jon Snow, defender of the fucking war. Here we go! Yeah! <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Mick, and today we're joined by LFC blogger Sai Steers. Thanks for coming on, Sai. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, really appreciate you coming on, mate, honestly. It's great. Um, I think just get, pretty much get stuck in, shall we? Like, like we always do, straight <laughs> um, Cardiff. Well, Cardiff or Porto, where do you guys want to start? Go recent, isn't it? That's the way we usually do it, isn't it? Cardiff, so we'll go Cardiff first. What did you think then? What did you think of the, of the Cardiff game, Sai? Yeah, I think it, was, uh, it seems to be following a, a pattern actually. The, the last four or five games, where first half we're uh, you know we, we look a little bit nervous, a little bit cagey, but kind of settle into the game. Uh, and then once we get the first goal, we never really look like losing it. So yeah. um, I thought kind of uh, I'm really pleased to see Genie uh, get, uh, get an important goal. I think he's been fantastic this season. You know, he's probably. Um, goes under the radar a little bit because a lot, a lot of the work he does is, is off the ball and, and isn't always obvious but yeah. uh, it was great to see him get on the score sheet um, and then obviously uh, you know a stonewall penalty that uh, seems to uh, have annoyed the hell out of everyone <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah it was uh, brilliantly, uh, brilliantly put away by, by Jimmy Milner so um, yeah it was a, it, it was a I think the last few games are a huge testament to our mental strength at the moment, I think. Um, you know, being able to kind of chase City down um, game after game and just keep churning out wins um, at this stage of the season is a huge credit to, to, to Klopp and the entire team. So yeah, um, it, was a, it was a really good win. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the penalty very quickly. It's Stonewall, isn't it? I mean, you, we, we were watching the game together. Yeah. And... Well, you said when it happened that Neil Warnock's going to be complaining about it, and surely enough, <laughs> he was. It, it was. He had his hands all over him, though. Like I don't, yeah. I don't understand how there is sort of room for for complaining I th- there. I think in real time, when I watched it, it, it like Salah, it, he is prone to go over, going over a bit easily now and again. Like more often than not, he does. It is a penalty, but there has been times where he falls over and it's not been given. And I thought it might be one of these again. And then when you get the benefit of watching the replay, you're like. <laughs> What, it's basically pulling out some wrestling moves on him, isn't he? What's he meant, what's, a big old cuddle, isn't what's he meant to do at that point? Like he's he's grabbed him, he's let go for a half a second, and he's gone back in a headlock again. There's, mm. there's, no, there's no other way for that to end in a, other than a penalty. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I said on um, 
uh, like on Twitter, I think what's what happened. What the way I see it with Salah is last season, I think he's um, he was incredibly honest and, and uh, yeah, definitely yeah. probably didn't win anywhere near the amount of, of penalties uh, that, that he should have done, considering yeah. how many times he's fouled in the area. I think this season he's matured a bit and, and he's less naive now. Um, when he when he feels contact, he does go down. Um, but the, the kind of narrative that's being uh, kind of put out about Salah that, that you know he's uh, you know, that this is unique to him or that, you know, he's diving <clears throat> to win penalties is, is absolute tosh. It's just, yeah, it's just, un- it's so, it's, it's unfair and untrue. You look at someone like Harry Kane <laughs> and, yeah, and, exactly. and his, his track record. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, Sat, uh, I don't think Salah has, there's been a couple of occasions this, this season where I think Salah's probably has gone down. Uh, you know, with, with very minimal contact, yeah. and, and I think we need to be honest about that as, as yeah, people fans. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I just think that um, all all he's doing is, is leveling the playing field. Because if you're telling me that Azard and Sterling and Kane and Ali don't go down easily, then then I'm sorry, you're talking talking yeah. rubbish. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. I think there's a there's a big difference between being a diver and going down easily. Being a diver is no contact whatsoever, and you're down. I struggle to find an example of Salah diving, if that's how we're defining it. More often than not, he gets a touch. But like, like I think I said this when we were, after we were watching it, like he, he's vilified if he goes down. But if he doesn't go down, more often than not, commentators will comment going, "Oh, if he if he, if he goes down there, he gets a penalty." Yeah. So <laughs> what's he meant to do? If he goes down easy, he's vilified. If he doesn't, people are saying, "Why is he not going down easy?" Well, so. I think the the, the clear thing that, that will make it all better is if Salah puts on a City top then it's fine then going down for the penalty yeah. is okay isn't it <laughs> because it's a Liverpool top it's not okay I think that, yeah. that's the way it's going this season um, it's the anti-Liverpool brigade isn't it yeah but, but like you said um, the genie goal was amazing just just because of the fact there was an away goal just made it even sweeter mm. and the fact that he because w- when Trent hit the corner low I complained like, he's, yeah we were watching it and, and I was like, oh no, what's he doing? And before I could sort of finish that sentence, Genie had it in the back of the net. I didn't know how it happened, but it was, it was, it was oh, perfectly so struck, wasn't it? That's I mean, like, like you said, Sai, like he went hard on me that he doesn't get the plaudits he, he, he deserves sometimes. And I know like the last maybe couple of weeks, he, he's looked a bit jaded and he's looked a bit tired and he's been getting rest yeah. here and there because, because like I said, like he does put that work in that does get unnoticed and not people, many people... No, it's just the good work that he does. Uh, but he, he has been looking a bit tired, and hopefully that goal can spark him back into a bit of form yeah. at the, the yeah. crucial stage of the season we need him to. I think it's a, li- a little bit like Henderson in a way with Genie. I think that uh, it actually, but the further up the pitch he is, the, the, the more of a goal scoring threat he is. Yeah. Um, but you know, but I think it, you know, it's under the system that, that Klopp's been using for most of the season, both Genie and, and Hendo have been probably um, a little bit further back than. Um, so, so we don't always see, you know, that 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 side of their game. Um, but he's certainly got that in his locker, and um, it was great to see him get on the score sheet. Yeah, well, he used to be a winger, didn't he? He's played on the wing when for he, Newcastle. When he played so. at PSV, he was an advanced midfielder, and he went to Newcastle yeah. and played on the wing. So he is more, say, comfortable further up the pitch. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but equally, like a lot of Liverpool's midfielders, they can do a job anywhere. So, but it is nice to see him back. It is nice to see him scoring. Um, it could have been different. Like, it could have been one nil Cardiff after that that Nias chance in the first half, where Allison pulled off quite a, well, I think it's quite a decent save considering how close he is. Yeah. Uh, I think and the, if, the if chance Cardiff, with um, was a chance with Morrison where with the open goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it turns out Allison actually got a touch on that because I think I, when we watched it at the time, we were like, "How has Morrison missed that?" Yeah, it's the back of his neck. <laughs> and, yeah. and then it, it, I think there's a replay. It showed like Allison got the finest of touches on it. Still, it, it, uh, you, when I saw that, oh, sorry, when I saw that happen, I was like, "How the how yeah. has he done that?" But but now thinking about, <laughs> even regardless of Alisson getting the touch, it's like, how has he managed to hit it with the back of his neck? <laughs> no. He's like sort of he's ducked underneath it and like rise at the right yeah. moment for it to hit his neck and go out of place. I don't know. I mean, it, seeing yeah, the replay. I think the, the, the great thing about um, uh, Liverpool this season, though, and under Klopp, is I'm not actually. I'm actually worried about that going one nil down these days. Um, yeah. You know, we've got <clears> such kind of character and mental strength that um, back, you know, 
in previous uh, you know previous years under different managers, going one nil down, uh, you, you know we we've never really been able to come back from that. But under Klopp, um, I think we've you know we've we've shown so much character this season, especially that it shouldn't be something that scares us anymore. But yeah, um, Cardiff you know probably gave us a a few uh, a few scares in the first half. But um, yeah, well, I think once. Once we, uh, you know, once we got through half time, got into our stride, they never really looked in the game. Yeah, I think Carragher touched on it last Premier League game when he said, "This Liverpool team doesn't look like it panics. This Liverpool no. team sort of takes their time because they know there's going to be someone to unlock the game at some point." Uh, and it, it proved to be true because Cardiff put up as a stubborn of a fight as it gets, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Eleven men behind the ball at times, counter-attacking, playing semi-dirty in, in just. Not playing dirty, but playing hard. Um, but, you know, came through it thanks to a bit of star power. Uh, the the second goal, the one that gave us a bit of uh, bit of leeway and sort of sort of sort of sealed it, uh, was the Milner penalty. You know, he probably shouldn't have been on the pitch just because Fabinho's injury, yeah, which thankfully it, is okay. The way it happens, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a weird sequence of events, but thankfully he was on there. I think it showed that one of the replays showed Salah grabbing hold of the ball and then Milner. Ragging it off him, saying, "No, this is mine." And he didn't. Yeah. What, what, what do you make of the whole Salah not celebrating? Do you think it's it's overhyped by by the media, or do you think there's something to it there? I, I think I, I'd like to. You, you want you know you want your strikers to be greedy. You want them to be hungry for goals. And, and Salah yeah. obviously won the penalty, confident in his ability to take it. Um, but. Yeah, it was, it was the right call to let uh, for Milner to take it. You know, Milner's the penalty taker at the club. Um, he's so reliable from the spot, um, and I'm sure after the game and, and on reflection, I'm sure Mo would, uh, would, would would agree it was the right call. But in yeah. in the heat at the moment, of course, Salah wanted wanted the goal. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it, it it's just one of those things. Really, I, I like the fact he's greedy and hungry for goals. Um, I mean, I don't think it should be a particularly Surprised to anyone that, that he wanted the penalty, he was disappointed he didn't get it really. Yeah, that's I mean, if he, if he takes it, gets up and takes it and misses, that's just putting more undue pressure on us. There was a, only a one goal lead, they they were they showed enough in that game that they, they could have scored that's off a set piece or something. And if it goes to 1 1, then then I really start to worry. Like, I wasn't worrying at 0 0 because I, th- I was thought, like, that you touched on before, so we've got a lot of mental strength in this team at this Liverpool team at the minute. And seem a bit unflappable. And even though years gone by, we've always panicked because we haven't had that mental toughness. I think now in this team, we've got a lot of players who, who display them qualities well. And I think hopefully, in the seasons going coming up, we can start to be more calm as fans. Because I feel like sometimes the the panic, especially at Anfield, sometimes when it's a nil nil or whatever, I think the panic does start to set in because we're so used to. Panicking because <laughs> we've always we've always had a sh- not not a shoddy defence, but there's times where with defenders we've had you can name several that shocking. Uh, but yeah, hopefully now with the, with with Van Dijk and Allison, you'd like to think that going forward we could maybe they could the sort of nerves out going forward. I think, yeah, I think the, the, the greatest thing is, is I was at the Palace game earlier this season, the four three, and yeah, you know it was. Uh, I, I remember sitting in the cop thinking. You know, I think God, this is the first time this this season. It feels like you know the you know watching the old old Liverpool. Yeah, United. that was the that was the um, beginning, and, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> but the, the the amazing thing um, about uh, about the team at the moment is, is it just feels like we can score at any moment, and you're never out of the game. Um, uh, and, and and so it transpired that day, uh, and that, I think that that works in our favour with the opposition as well. That you know that. I think when we go into games, every I think everybody thinks what they're going to score, so we're going to have to score two to win, or, or, or you know, it's going to need to at least score to uh, to get a draw. So yeah. you know, it, we, we've got a, we do have that um, kind of fear factor um, as a club these days, and, and, and it's a big asset, I think. Do you think that fear factor is going to help us overcome Barcelona? Uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Big ask, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a that game is is literally on a knife edge. That game, I think it, it, that those two games, um, I think it will be incredibly close. Um, and if there's one team in the Champions League, I think that could probably knock out Barcelona at the moment is Liverpool. 
Um, yeah, I, I think we, we, we've got better balance. Uh, I think we're, we're probably the most well-balanced team in the, in the Champions League in terms of having a fantastic defence, uh, powerful midfield, uh, potent attack. Um, but obviously on their day, the likes of Messi, Suarez, uh, could, can hurt you and hurt you hurt yeah. you quickly. So it's just really hard to call. We and Mika talked about this the other day. Now, what kind of reception do you think Suarez and Coutinho are going to get? I think when they call up the team sheets, I think Suarez will get a round of applause and I think Coutinho will probably get booed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, um, I was thinking about this the other day. I think the way in which the, the two of them left, um, I think Suarez in 13-14 uh, pretty much single-handedly almost took us to the title um, and he put everything he had into that season yeah. and, and I, I, for me he's, he's probably the best most talented player I've ever ever seen in a red shirt uh, Coutinho never hit those heights um, uh, and Coutinho was, was a bit too inconsistent but you know on his day he was a fantastic player but when you look at it um, you know the sale of Coutinho we've invested brilliantly well in, in Van Dijk and Allison, which have really kicked us on so yeah. you know, I think both players um, whilst the manner in which they left was, was leaves a bad taste um, you know I think both players have, have, have left a, a decent enough legacy at the club and you know I certainly wouldn't uh, expect a kind of a, a, a really uh, kind of hostile reception for either really well, I, I don't. I hope that Coutinho doesn't get booed, but judging by sort of the sort of let's say the, the, the divide in the fan base on whether they'd have him back or not, I can't help but think he's not going to get a warm welcome. I'm not sure what you no, think, mate. Definitely not. Like you said, Sai, like I think the way Suarez went, I think the Arsenal bid like the was a forty mil plus a pound or whatever it was, cheeky bid, and then yeah. the whole Gerrard having a word with them saying stay one more season, and then Barcelona will come calling, and then he'd left. I think we all kind of accepted that was that was going to be the eventual outcome anyway. So I think we'd all come to terms with the with the Coutinho thing. I think we kind of all thought he was going to stay, and then it came, kind of came out the not out the blue, but kind of like it I, wasn't as, as expected. Was I it? thought it. Was, I was convinced it would happen in the summer, not in in, in January. In the January, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. got me. Um, but I then, think even like some of the journalists were surprised, weren't they? I think when we spoke to was it Christian Walsh, he was saying like he he, he was very surprised with the way it all came t- turned out. Yeah, just went in one day and all of a sudden Coutinho's yeah. left. Like, I suppose it didn't help. Like, sort of Coutinho made a comment saying that at Liverpool they build a statue for you at Barcelona, you're just another player. Um, he so he, he sort of gave the fans a bit of hope that he was going to stay. But he end- signed a five-year deal, didn't he? About six months before or something, or eight yeah. months before. Yeah. I think he, um, uh, and, and I don't think it. I, it. I can't remember if he had a release clause or not. Actually. Um, I don't think it did, did it? I think that's why Barca ended up having to pay 140 million for yeah. it. But um, uh, so yeah, so all of the indications were. Um, but the, the thing is that any South American player um, wants to play for Barca for some reason. Yeah. Their their destination is Barcelona. Yeah, uh, you know we don't get it as, as Liverpool fans, but it's a big, it's a big, big draw to to the South American players. So uh, when they do come calling, um, it's just. Uh, an unfortunate fact that they're always going to have their heads turned, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, that's the third, third one I can remember, like Mascherano, Suarez, and then yeah. I mean, they have got a history of great South <laughs> yeah. American players, and, yeah. and it's Barcelona. You can't exactly complain. It's not like they're leaving for like Burnley or, or Chelsea, like Torres did. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, um, I, I'll, I'd welcome him back. Um, I'll certainly cheer. Or give him at least a little, little clap when his name gets called out. He's but, definitely uh, getting booed, by the way. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, we're going to the semi-final by uh, demolishing Porto in what I can only describe as probably the most boring 4-1 I've ever watched. <laughs> I know that that sounds contradictory, it's a weird but one, wasn't it? apart from the goals, which co- sort of came in quick succession in the second half of bulk of them, nothing really happened in terms of us causing trouble. Well, they I think they battered us, didn't they? First, what, 25 minutes? Yeah. Then we had this attack. Mane scores off it. It was like, oh, it's offside. And then he checks it. And I'm like, we're not going to get this. We're Liverpool. We don't get that lucky. Yeah. And then he gives it. It's like, wow. That was like a, a big relief because they were playing really well. They were. Really, really well. 
they have, they've got some really talented players that, that M- M- Militao, Morega, they've got some really, really cultured players. Like I know that Militao's off to Real Madrid and you can see why because he is he is a beast. He is um, he's gonna be unbelievable in the next couple of years. Um but yeah, big scare, first half hour. Thankfully we got the VAR came to our rescue slightly. Um second half, once once we got the that big bulk of goals it was pretty much plain sailing, wasn't it? It was, yeah, but I think what we did against Porto sort of benefits us uh, for against Barca. Although Barca's going to be higher quality, you can expect that Barca are going to pen us back at some point. Oh, yeah. And we showed that even when we're on the back foot, we can score. And I think that's definitely going to be in the minds of, of the Barca defence. Who the, Their wing-backs are like ours. They like to fly forward. But their centre-backs, PK is quite slow. Like if Mane or Salah gets a go at him, they're probably going to eat him for breakfast. Yeah. So I... I think it's a nice warm up for Barca. I think it's probably the best warm up we could have got. Yeah, it's, I don't, and I tell you um, something as well. I don't, I don't think uh, Messi and Suarez are going to come up um, against anyone like Virgil Van Dijk this season and yeah. the form he's in. Mm, um, definitely. So I think it's you know, it's, it, it, I mean that 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 could have, that could effectively be the key battle really. Uh, Messi versus Van Dijk, um, and, and who, who comes out on top there might actually uh, might actually decide the tie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be an intriguing game. But yeah, Porto. Um, I, I, I actually was guilty of um, when we went two 0 up, um, flicking over to the uh, the United. Uh, sorry, the City. Um, Spurs game. Can't blame uh, you there, to be honest. What a game that was. I, I was. I was kind of like following it on Twitter, and it just got. It just seemed to be absolutely bonkers. And uh, yeah, I was kind of like two 0 you know, nil up on aggregate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might as well catch the end of that game. Yeah. Um, and it was worth it to see Pep run down the touchline. <laughs> and uh, see, <laughs> and this is the thing. <laughs> I was doing the match report for the for for the Copper website, so I couldn't. I unfortunately I couldn't flick off the, the boring four one. Um, so I didn't realise that the, I, I knew the Tottenham had gone through, uh, but I thought, all right, sound. I'll watch the highlights tomorrow morning. I didn't realise there was a ninety fourth minute disallowed VAR goal. And then the next morning when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Just to see Pep falling to his knees and all the City fans like, oh. I've got nothing against Pep, but um, everything goes City's way, um, you know, 99.9% of the time. And and to see something like that. And the the thing is, the Champions League is their holy grail in the same way that the the league is our holy grail. Yeah. and, and you know, it's it's kind of if they do pip us to the title this season, it's it, it's you know it, it, it's sweet to see them uh, not not get to where they want to be either. So, yeah, have you seen that that video? Uh, I saw it on Facebook afterwards. That this this guy had left after Sterling had scored, and he'd left to beat the traffic, <laughs> and he was walking out. <laughs> he was walking out celebrating, and one of the journalists outside stopped him and was like, "So, what do you think of?" What do you think of uh, of not qualifying? And he was like, "What do you mean we've won?" And he's like, "Have you not heard? <laughs> it's been disallowed." And the sorrow on his face as he just as he realizes, "Oh, look like a mug now." <laughs> it's, just, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I suppose that it, <laughs> it was just the, the way that it benefited the, benefited us, and then it, it went against City on the same night. It was just the, the way and it the all happened. Finest of crazy. margins as yeah, well. Crazy. But that's the, well, that's the future, isn't it? It is. Okay. So, <laughs> first legs at the camp now. What are we thinking for score predictions? I think we'll get an away goal or two, depending on how how uh, wide open they leave themselves. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? I'm thinking 1-1 one, one first leg. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 1-1 one, one first leg. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I think my biggest relief, and I was talking to Mick about this earlier, is that Messi plays on the right wing. So he'd be up against Virgil and Robertson. I'd be concerned if he was up against Trent, because Trent's quite good going forward. He, but I think he he's a bit go, suspect defensively. Yeah. For now, I think he, he might he might station himself that side to try and get more joy. He potentially. could do. Um, but I think if he's up against Robertson, I'll be more than confident. But um, well, not more than confident. I'll be I'll be happy enough. Yeah, he's just he's another level, isn't he? He is. He is scary. Yeah, like, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about the, the Virgil van Dijk not getting dribble past that. He, he, Messi might be the first person to do it. <laughs> Who was the last one? It was uh, 
Oh, Mikel Moreno. Yeah, Mikel Moreno. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Messi's not a bad person to drive a class <laughs> I know, yeah. This is the thing. You know how with, with most players, you can, you, can go, you can YouTube them and they'll seem like the best ever. And then you see them play and they're like, oh, he's horrible. He's shit. Yeah. Like Varnin looks a beast on YouTube. But <laughs> the scary thing is, is that this guy is just as good. Like, he'll see his YouTube clip and be like, oh, that, that's just a one-off. And then you'll watch him and it's, it, he just does it every single time. It's just another other world, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. I saw, uh, I saw a record earlier that in the last four years, Messi has scored more free kicks on his own than any club in the world. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's mad. We better not. Um, yeah, I, I just hope we, we don't stop with Lovren then in that case. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He, he, he does have he's a... He's definitely giving away He does have a habit of just, yeah. just bottling it against small Argentine attackers, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> Yeah, what, what do you think? Yeah. Of, what do you think in terms of Gomez starting side? Do you think? Do you think it, it's come a bit too soon for them this game? Or I wouldn't risk it myself. Yeah, it's, it's that's a really good chat. I, I was actually just thinking about that as we were talking. That um, I mean, Matip has been um, fantastic in, in the last yeah. few months, and he, he seems to have got better and better. But the one thing that he doesn't have that Gomez has is pace, and yeah. um, looking across Barcelona's. I mean, to be fair, Barca don't have, unless they're starting with um, uh, Dembele, then um, uh, they don't have uh, they don't have massive amounts of pace. Mm. I mean, Suarez is what thirty-two now, thirty-three. Um, yeah. You know, Messi himself is is uh, you know is it's not you know I wouldn't say he's got huge amounts of of, of natural pace. So. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I, I think Gomez is, is our second best centre back, and, and if he's yeah. fit and firing, him and Van Dijk together are by far and away our best option. Um, but considering how well um, Van Dijk and Matic have been playing in recent months, I would, I'd be inclined to stick with that. I think uh, for the for the time being. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely. it's uh, it, it's great that we've got him as an option again. Yeah, I'm glad Gomez is back. I just feel like, like just sort of what you said, I think it's just a bit... Firstly, I don't think there's an excuse to take out Matip. I think it'd be, too much of a risk, it'd be super... I think if I was Joel Matip, I'd be extremely pissed off if I don't get picked for this game because he has improved tenfold. I think he's, he's restored the fans' confidence in him. He's shown that he is a capable centre-back. He's helped get us this far. For you to take him out now, I think it's a bit insulting on his yeah. part. Man of the match against Cardiff as well, wasn't he? And secondly... Just, I think it's just that would be the most horrible game to start to come back to for the first time. I think if he was gonna, if he was fit enough, I think he'd have started against Cardiff, or he might start against Huddersfield. But if he doesn't start against Huddersfield, there's no way that he's gonna. No. His first game is gonna be all right. Go deal with Messi. <laughs> do, do you know? <laughs> potentially, though, potentially he, he might he could come in at right back because he's got a better defensive a record. Bit more, yeah, a yeah. little bit more. Um, Natural defensive instinct than, than Trent. Yeah, um, it's a shout to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think the thing is, is when you take Trent out, though, um, we we no, look nowhere near as potent. Uh, I think it's become quite apparent to me this season how critical like Trent and Robbo are to our, uh, you know, to to building out our attacks. So, yes, I, think, I think people f- um, like when one of them's missing, people forget how good they are because say if Robertson's missing then the other team can just focus on, on Trent and Salah and it sort of it slows us down. If Trent's missing, the other team focuses on Mane and Robertson, it slows us down. But when we've got them both, then the opposition, has, they can't pick and choose which one that they focus their efforts on. They've got to sort of stretch themselves and that's yeah. when we get the freedom. And it, you think about it, it, it is mental how, how much these two defenders are bombing forward and, and often just crossing it to each other at times. Yeah, there's that, and then you, if you, years gone by, that's always been one of our areas that we've need to, needed to strengthen. Not a fullback, but like the only thing, like Finnan and Risa, like it, you can you can count them on one hand how many good fullbacks we've had down the years. We've had Carragher there for the what two thousands and whatever, so we didn't. We, we, it was never blessed with that, that much attacking threat. Whereas mm. now we've got these two players, and obviously Klopp utilising to the full ability, stationing most mostly like with like some Milner and stuff in midfield to allow these. Full ta- uh, full-backs to go forward and play their natural game. And it's good to see, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But yeah, like you said, Sai, I think I've, 
Gomez could be a good shout for 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 Barca, especially um, if Messi thinks he's going to get. If Trent does play, I think Messi might go over that side because he thinks he might have more joy. Whereas if if Gomez does play, I don't think he's going to have less joy out of Gomez and Robertson than he's going to have out of Robertson and Trent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That 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 would be the only the only way I could see Gomez starting is if he comes in uh, at, at right back. But yeah, I mean, though you know what you were saying about the two fullbacks, but I, you know they they are pretty much the exactly uh, what the mould of the modern day fullback. They're, they're almost attackers first, defenders second, yeah. and um, you know, but the two of them together are, are what is it? How many assists? If we had to say, is it 20 between them? Yeah, it's something you know, it's ridiculous, incredible. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, it is ridiculous, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're absolutely, absolutely vital to, you know, to the way Klopp sets his teams up. And, um, yeah, both of them have been amazing this season. Fully deserved in the Premier League team of the season. Oh, Completely, yeah. yeah. I'm going to throw a, a, a theory out there, <laughs> and then you guys can tell me if I'm, I'm an absolute idiot or if you think I've got, I'm making some sense. And then we'll touch on the team of the season. Right. Now, when people usually play against Barca, the the whole tactical out out um, out the plan is we've got to stop them from scoring. That never happens because Barcelona always score. Do you think? Because I am of this opinion that it'd be more beneficial for us if Klopp sort of accepts they are going to score. Let's just hit them back. You mean like a, a, a throw back to the? Clop of last year, where we're just all, yeah. all guns blazing. Yeah, I think so. Four three three. You've got Messi. You've got Suarez. You guys are going to hit the back of the net, but we're going to hit your net too. I don't see him going back to the philosophy of last year. I feel like we're, we're going to. I think like we we'll sit. We'll sit back quite a lot, obviously, because we're away at Barcelona and they've got stars everywhere. But I still feel like. It's I think the, the only way that will happen is if we we lose by two or three at the new camp. Uh, getting back to Anfield, then I think that Klopp will will go full on heavy metal. Yeah, four two four. Yeah, version at the back and then everyone yeah, up top. If it's, if it's if it's if it's a if it's a tight result at Barca, then I think yeah, I can't see Klopp deviating too much from from uh, the you know the, the format he's been using this season, but. Um, yeah, I do think that that's still in our locker. I think, um, uh, yeah, and if we it. need to use it, yeah. um, Anfield, I'm sure that we will. It is good that we have that option. To be fair, like a lot of teams have yeah. like one plan. Look at United last night. We have a few. He's like he's refined our style. I think last like last yeah. year we were literally it was crazy. Like the, it was like Brendan Rodgers here, like 13, 14, just scoring loads of goals, and it was just conceding. Loads as well, low. well, like you said, Si, <laughs> the Crystal Palace game was a perfect example, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just, it was mad. But thankfully, we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you were doing. I think you were you were giving United a bit too much credit yesterday so for having a plan. I'm not sure they've got <laughs> any plan to be fair. I think they're just they're just blagging their way through it. Yeah. Like, See, but, um, after the first half, <laughs> I was I was sort of like, all right, these these lot are doing okay, and then the second half, it was just like their legs had gone. And to think that a professional football team's legs go after 50 minutes is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, I still, I don't know, De Gea, like, the last game he played in, what was the last game he played in? Oh, Everton. Everton, yeah. I st- like, there was a couple of goals there. Suspect. The Sigurdsson goal from range, you, you expect him to save that, but then especially in this game. I know the Bernardo Silva, he's kind of, he's, he's, he's hit it well, like, he's, he's masked brilliantly behind Luke Shaw, and Luke Shaw's big frames in the way, he's, he's hit it low and, like, not expected, un- like, unexpectedly. But I still, I still, I don't know, when it goes in, I'm still like, should De Gea save that? And then especially the second one, Sane. I know he's hit it, he's got a great shot on him, but it's still straight at him. The amount of times that we, I read on Twitter, oh, Alisson should save that, it was straight at him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, De Gea, yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think the problem with the United at the moment is that a, a lot of their top players are, um, you know, the likes of De Gea, Pogba, you know, they, they just look, they don't look interested. They don't look like they want to be there. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're in, you know, they look, look to me from the outside like they're in real trouble at the moment. And um, I, I, I actually think that, that City are going to get a much tougher game at Turf Moor on, uh, on Saturday. Um, you know, obviously, the, you know, the title um, 
is is very much in their sights now. Um, be you know, it's a big ask for them to slip up from here, but not many people go to Turf Moor and and, and get an easy game. I think Spurs got um, uh, done over there this season. Chelsea uh, came away fuming, didn't they, with a two all um, oh, yeah. on the weekend. Yeah, so um, they're more than capable, aren't they? Like, yeah, time-wasting well, per- perfectionists, so they, they they can easily get a, a the, result the, there. The popular the popular term shit house team. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Pulis. They're, they're horrible to play against. We we yeah. were lucky because we we caught them on a really bad run of form. Yeah, but but they're, they're uh, you know they're they're back uh, back to doing what they do best now, and um, that's that's not going to be an easy game to City on Saturday. And yeah. um, you expect them to win, but but you live in hope. Yeah, well, before we touch on the team of the season, just one more uh, City game. Because obviously Burnley is definitely a tough match. But I think, I genuinely think that Brighton away at the end of the season, Brighton might just need that point to stay up. Yeah. And a team that a team in the relegation battle scrapping like that. is is yeah. dangerous. Is really dangerous. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, either that or Agent Brendan comes to the rescue. AKA Double O Brendan. It's such an unpredictable game football. You can never say never. But um, I, I think that everybody expected that the two uh, the two hardest games for, for City were the Spurs and United, and they've got through those. So um, it now feels a little bit like well, but. Yeah, but you, you ne- never say never. And um, actually, the games City have dropped points in this season have been games you wouldn't expect them to. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, the, the perfect perfect thing for me is that it goes all the way to the last game of the season. We win our game against Wolves. And in the like, 93rd minute, Brighton get a corner. And big old Lewis Dunk. <laughs> that was his big old oh, forehead. Glenn Murray? Or Glenn Murray. Or, 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 or even better, right? Glenn Murray heads the ball, it comes off the crossbar, hits Sterling in the face and goes back in. I swear to God, if that happens, I'm not going to work for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's it's, it's going to go to the last game of the season, isn't it? I hope it does. We've got Huddersfield next. Surely that's just going to sort of... I think this is the kind of game that you just go, all right, come on, let's get the goal difference up just in case. It's, it's still gonna, yeah. There's still, it's not going to be easy. Like I still, I still fancy us to score a couple of goals, but we still need to be very professional and make sure at them from the minute go. I mean, you're you're going, aren't you, Si? Yeah, I'll be there on Friday, yeah. and um, yeah, I, I expect us to to comfortably beat Huddersfield. I, I I'm actually, um, uh, I, I was actually thinking to myself last night that. Um, that, that if I was Klopp now, and I, I, you look at it, I. You know, expect us to beat Huddersfield quite comfortably, but do, do, do you now focus more so on the Barcelona games than you would have done previously? Um, I would. It's, it, it's almost like we've 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 kind of uh, we've we've kind of glided our way through to the Champions League semis, uh, and and it's been our, our focus has been so much on the league that that we, we don't even really appreciate we're in the, the semis of the Champions yeah. League. It's yeah. weird, and, isn't it? It is. It's yeah, and, and now. Now, obviously, it's looking like City are going to are going to pip us to the title. Then, do we put more more focus and energy into those Barca games than we perhaps would have done um, uh, than we've done in, in our Champions League run to date? If that kind of makes yeah, sense, yeah, I think I would because um, I think I think there's a there's a few players on our bench that, um, that that we could bring in that are still good enough quality to to get the result against Huddersfield. Which I think is important because I think if if we can put pressure on United on City going into Burnley game would be good. Uh, but then, just if we see we miss out on the Premier League, but we win the Champions League. I obviously I'd be hurting that we lost the Premier League, but the fact that we're winning the thing that Man City wants so badly, and we're adding another Champions League to the collection, and every other fan base can't be like, "Haha, you didn't win anything." I think it just makes it that much. I don't know. I just yeah. want to see Henderson lifting the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's the Newcastle game's a big one. So that's our toughest game in the running. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's obviously definitely. in between the the home, the away and home legs of Barca. Um, so it'd be interesting if City, uh, you know, City City beat Burnley. I'd see what what Brent, uh, what um, uh, what Brendan does against them uh, the week after, but what Klopp does. The team selection against Newcastle, uh, whether or not he, he has an eye on the um, 
the second leg of the Barca game, or whether or not he, you know, he, he, he goes full tilt at Newcastle. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he's got, you know, it's, I can't, be, you know, you can't believe that we're talking about, you know, do we focus on the league or, or the or the Champions League at this stage yeah, of the season? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that he might want to think about. Yeah, it's, it's nice that we've got that squad that can go on both these fronts because in the past we've. We've either got far in the Champions League and we're like, all right, we'll, have to, we'll focus on this because we're nowhere near in the league. We're 30, yeah. po- 30 points behind. Or we'll focus on the league. So we usually focus on one. That the fact, Like you said, si, with the fact that we've got both of these poten- still in our grasp is a huge testament to the, 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 the job you and Klopp's doing. It is important that the guys don't get their heads down against Huddersfield because City have come through. Yeah, I still, still, we're still going to win 2 or 3 nil. Yeah, I still feel like it's going to be. Is that your score prediction then? Go three nil, three nil to the Reds. Die. Yeah, I think they're poor Huddersfield. Um, uh, I'd be surprised to, if it was a, if it was anything less than three nil. I'm going to go five. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Five. <laughs> it's going to be the front three. Each going to get a goal. Henderson's going to get one. Henderson's my get boy, one. my boy Jay, <laughs> and then uh, Verge. I hope so. Shall we touch on that controversial team of the season then? What, what did you make of it, Sai? Si? Was there any sh- shock exclusions that you were expecting there? Well, firstly, is there any shock... Uh, shock, shock inclusions. Shock inclusions, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if somebody if somebody seriously can tell me that, that um, Paul Bogba's had a better season than Eden Hazard or Christian Eriksen, <laughs> or some. Uh, then, yeah, then, yeah I, they're obviously watching a different, a different game to me. I mean, you know, I've no idea how Pogba's made his his, his way in there. Um, uh, he's 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 far too inconsistent. Uh, you know, literally, probably got more more ego than talent. Um, uh, although he, he is a good player, but he's had you know, it's a, an absolutely crazy inclusion. But he's voted for by his peers, so you know, um, it's. It's a it's a really strange one. See, what self-respecting Premier League footballer is going? You know, he's had a great season, Paul Pogba. I don't know. Was this was this voted for when he was in this good purple patch of form? No. I don't, yeah, uh, I, was I, that. I, th- I think that yeah. might probably, be. This is probably like the. But this is the thing. United have lost six out of the last eight games. Yeah. That's not a good patch of form. I mean, he was scoring basically loads of penalties at that time. I mean, like he, he, he I think. In that month, he gave a couple of quite a few assists to Rashford when Rashford had a quick. I think he's got like 12, 12 goals and eight assists. Yeah, which stats-wise, great. Sure like half them are pens as well. Yeah, but to remind anyone that hasn't seen the team of the season yet, it's a four-three-three. It's got Edison in goal, then Trent at right back, Robo left back, centre backs are Laporte and Van Dijk, midfield of Bernardo Silva, Fernandinho, and the aforementioned Paul Pogba, and then up front we've got Sterling, Aguero, and Mane. The majority of that team I haven't got a problem with. Um, I think there's an, uh, an argument that Allison should be in there ahead of Edison, considering that mm. he's got more clean sheets and he's currently online to get the record for most clean sheets in a Premier League season. Yep. So I think uh, Allison deserves to be there. That's a cr- that's a crazy one to me. I feel like Ruben Neves deserves to be there. If he wasn't playing for Wolves, I think if he's playing for United, City, or Liverpool instead of Wolves, I think he'd be in that squad. Um, and it, I'm happy that Mane's in there, but. If, but I think Salah's had a better season and if, I think it's, yeah. it's coloured by the fact that Manny's had a really good last few weeks also coloured by the fact that Salah had an, an unbelievable season last year and yeah. everyone's judging him based on those numbers to these numbers but it's still is he, has he got the same amount of goals as Sterling? Both on, both on 19 or has he got one more than Sterling? He's got more than Sterling yeah so <laughs> like, but even uh, Ed, the, the, like you said the exclusion of Eden Hazard as well uh, Son, Ericsson, there are players that have missed out that have that's done better than Pogba. And although Mane's done well, there are players that have done better, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would personally have Ericsson and Hazard in, in that team because, um, uh, you know, both of those those players have, have carried um, their respective clubs at, at different points of the season. I think Spurs, you know, they've missed, uh, I think, Son. I, I mean, Son's one, my, probably one of my favourite players outside of Liverpool. To be honest, I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. uh, but obviously, he's been injured um, off to the Asian Cup. Kane's been in and out. Ali's been in and out. And Eriksson's been the one that's carried Spurs. Um, uh, Hazard has been 
outstanding at times for Chelsea, um, and and both of those deserve, I think, to you know to be recognised for for their contributions. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a strange one. When they vote for the um, vote for these awards, um, because they have to vote for them, uh, so you know ages before the end of the season, um, it tends to be who's playing well at the time. Yeah, it does, doesn't and, it? Yeah, and yeah, I, I think that obviously Pogba was 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 enjoying that uh, that kind of honeymoon period under under Solskjaer, but it's yeah. reverted back to type ever since. So now it looks like a very weird one. Yeah, it still baffles me why 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 is this vote done so early in the season when there's still a huge chunk of the, the season left? It, it's it's really baffling, isn't it? Like obviously you can have. Players like Pogba who have gone through this pale patch and they're obviously going to get picked because they're, it's recency bias. But and if he then goes off the boil like he has, it then looks really but doesn't, then, doesn't look right. But then ask yourself this question: If this book was done at the end of the season, would Van Dijk win Player of the Year? If we don't win the league, he deserves Player of the yeah. Year regardless. Yeah. But true. if we if, if City, which they might well end up winning the league, they'd probably vote for Sterling. Yeah. Which would, would, would not uh, yeah, be fair. Yeah, I, I, I still think Van Dijk's player of the year because um, I think I, the way I look the way I look at it is that um, if you took Sterling out of the City side, um, I still think they'd be top. I still think they'd be champions. If you took Van Dijk out of the Liverpool side, I don't think we'd be a point behind them. I think we'd, we'd be back there. Uh, fighting know, for top uh, four. You know, fighting for top four. And mm. um, so. You, you, and that's that's probably quite a good way to look at it. You know, take take each each of those players out of the two sides. Where would they be? Um, I think City would still be roughly where they are now. They've got Mares. They've got um, Sane. Yeah. Um, we haven't got. There's nobody like Virgil Van Dijk, and, and he has just been a colossus. Um, and, and you know, City are out of the out of the Champions League. Liverpool are still there. Um, I think overall Van Dijk has has, has more than justified. Uh, winning the, the player of the season but this is the thing as well that Van Dijk has performed at such a high level that I'm seriously struggling to think of any centre-backs in this in the league that deserve to be partnered with him because yeah Laporte's a great centre-back uh, I'm sure he's had a good season of course he has but aside from them two who can you say as a centre-back has had a good season that, that deserves to be in there Cause I'm, I can't think of any really you look at like Vertonghen, but then. But you think Van Dijk set the bar so high that now having a good season isn't enough anymore? Do you get me? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's not that many. I think that the, like, Laporte was the obvious choice, and I'm only going to watch him City play, and he's literally he was just class, doesn't he? He's, he he's really good. Yeah, I think I think you know a, a lot of the players in there deserve their places in there. That. The two that the two bearing emissions I think are, uh, are, are Ericsson and Hazard, um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's never an easy one with these um, with these kind of teams of the season. But uh, yeah, it's the, I think the, the the one that definitely raised eyebrows was Pogba. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah. I've got a group chat full of United fans, and I sent that photo in and I said, "What the hell is Pogba doing there?" And they all agreed with me, and that doesn't happen often. I tell you that. Um, I think Fabinho definitely deserves a shout. I think they've, they've got it right with Fernandinho because um, he is immensely important to that Man City team. Uh, but I think Fabinho definitely deserves a shout because he is, is very important to the Liverpool team. He is sort of coming into it. But they've, they've got the decision right for me. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway. It just, it's, it's a bit of a shame that in some ways as well that um, the, the role of Firmino goes so unnoticed for Liverpool as well. It's yeah. I, I, you, you get the... I'll get the, you know, the the, the goals and and what Aguero brings to City, um, but I, I think you, you notice when Firmino's not in the Liverpool team, he, he makes the entire team tick. He gets the best out of Mane, gets the best out of Salah. Um, you know, he's, he's probably one of the most intelligent footballers in in Europe. Um, uh, he's, he's probably not had as stellar a season this season as he had last season, but um, he's so important to Liverpool and, and the way we play. Um, and, and you know the, the system, uh, and yeah, in, in some ways it's a shame. But I think he quite often goes under the radar. Yeah, um, a player like Firmino is never going to get into a team of the season just because he doesn't score the goals that other goal scorers do. Yeah, well that that leads nicely into a question that I've just realised that we did get a question off Steve Carson, who was on. 
the podcast not too long ago. Right. He asked, Alison, Van Dyke, Salah or Firmino, one has to go. Who and why? <laughs> I'll let you go first, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be massively one. controversial, so I'm, I'm going to go Salah. I, um, I think I'd agree with you. I, I think I love Mo Salah. I think he's, he's he's absolutely unbelievable. But I think there are more players on the market that, that have got kind of like similar kind of attributes to Salah yeah. than, than there <laughs> are that um, have got similar attributes to Firmino or Van Dijk or Allison. Um, and I'd obviously rather not sell any of them, but I think the one uh, which would be the easiest to replace would be Salah. Um, but obviously, for nothing less than 250 mil. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, There's no doubting Salah's quality. I love Mo Salah, like you said, and do not want him to go before anyone takes a clip of this podcast and tries to say that we want Salah to leave. I don't want that happening. But... It's, it's it's definitely between Salah and Mane, and I feel like Mane's an unpredictability. Not Mane, wasn't Mane, wasn't it? Huh? Salah, Firmino, Alisson, or Van Dijk. Oh, yeah, it's easier than Salah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is easy. It's a lot easier. For me, it's a, it's Alisson or Salah. I think Va- Va- Van Dijk nah. and Firmino, you, nah. you are not nah, repla- you're not replacing those two. Like, Alisson's unbelievable, but I still feel like, oh, I don't know. Do I get carriers back then? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you could get... <laughs> I'm not saying you could who get someone get? who'd be as good. I mean, like, who would you if, get? if you could, I mean, like, if you could take anyone, you take you take you take Oblak or there. Yeah, there's there's still good keepers on the market, but between no way Van Dijk or Firmino, that'd be my answer. I cannot believe that you would sell the Brazilian god, <laughs> <laughs> the gorgeous man that is Alison Becker. That goalkeeper kit, though, have you seen the new kit? Yeah, that kit's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You can. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's such a hypothetical one, but yeah, you do. I kind of agree that um, uh, as great as Allison has been this season, as well, the, the good thing for all of us is that there's a bit of a, there's room for improvement. Um, yeah. You know, he's had a couple of a couple of moments where he's, uh, you know, he's, he's and it must be hard for him because he doesn't get a huge amount to do in a game. Um, so to concentrate for ninety minutes when you haven't got a lot to do isn't always the easiest yeah. thing in the world um, but uh, he's had a season un- he's got a season under his belt now and, and I actually think that there's a bit of Im- quite a bit of improvement to come from Anderson so uh, which is good news for us yeah, yeah especially it's his first season as well I think people s- still forget that yeah. there's huge amounts of potential there I can't wait for next season I'll be honest <laughs> just to see it because the players that because Fabinho's only going to get better Cater's only going to get better Gomez is back in Hopefully we keep everyone. Apart Hopefully from Chamberlain as well. Exactly, yeah. we Chamberlain's coming back. Yeah. Like you said, Alisson is, ho- is hopefully going to get better than any new signings. Um, next season's exciting. Uh, j- just just for that new kit, it's exciting. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the new kit, Si? Yeah, it's, it's really good. I'm kind of hoping hoping New Balance, <coughs> new balance can dig deep and, uh, uh, and kind of uh, with the new kit deal, but... Um, <coughs> I think they've done a fantastic job actually since they've been uh, been designing the kits. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, my only criticism yeah. of the new kit is that I I, I want I wish Allison's kit was the was the away kit. Yeah, that's because it, it is it's, it's gorgeous. That says a lot. Like uh, as soon as it was on pre-order, that black kit was wasn't on the website anymore. <laughs> I'm, getting, that, I'm, that I'm many, never got a goalie that kit many pre-orders. Life. Never bought a goalie <laughs> kit, but I'm buying that kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I think that, that that's it for football. Um, yeah. If it's all right with you, we'll just ask you a couple of questions about your career. Sorry. Yeah, cool. No worries. So how did you get into the, the football blogging business? Um, yeah, so uh, it was interesting, really. So I was, I was made redundant from a job back in 2012, and I had a bit of time, uh, a time out to, to kind of um, consider what, uh, what I wanted to do next. And I just started... Um, I just started writing actually and, and obviously uh, you know I've been a Liverpool fan my entire life and uh, and really enjoyed writing about football um, quite opinionated about uh, about Liverpool so um, I got into writing uh, I was invited to write for this is Anfield actually uh, oh. quite early on uh, who are kind of a big big, big fan site yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, and then, weirdly enough, actually, it, it, it kind of all snowballed a little bit from there. So um, I wrote an article for them um, that was actually picked up by um, John Henry, um, believe it or not. Um, oh. And uh, uh, and yeah, it kind of <clears throat> that that kind of snowballed my kind of like profile on Twitter quite a lot. Um, uh, and eventually, um, uh, I ended up. Uh, writing for the club website, actually. Oh, fair so, nice. That's nice. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I wrote for Liverpool for a couple of years, um, uh, and then since then I've just uh, I've, I've kind of uh, been continuing to blog for This Is Anfield and uh, Paul Tompkins as well. So the Tompkins Times. Yeah. Uh, I've done a few bits for the Anfield Wrap, um, uh, and yeah, it's just something I really enjoy doing. It's a hobby for me. Um, and you know, I, you know, effectively, all I want is for Liverpool to, to do well. Um, and uh, I kind of I, I write quite a lot about um, things because I work in communications as a job. So I write quite a lot about uh, the kind of the business side of football as well as what's happening right, yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just it's, it's just something that I, I really enjoy doing. Um, uh, and. Yes, it's, it just goes to show that I think with, with blogging these days, it's 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 such a great opportunity with social media just to you know to get into something you love, uh, start writing, and, and then build up a uh, build up a profile around it. Really, so mm-hmm. um, I know so many people that have done that have done similar things, and a lot of people, you know, people like Paul uh, Tomkins have done fantastically well um in terms of uh being able to build a, a career out of it and um that was never a route i wanted to go down because i had i had my uh my own career anyway but um it's uh i think that so many good stories out there about people and i look at the story of the you know the the growth of the anfield rap over the last few years it's been incredible yeah, it's and, you know and, and i've met the guys who, who run that and they're fantastic guys yeah. and um you know, it's a huge credit to them and how they've been able to grow that into into like a business as well. So, yeah. um, offers lots of opportunity these days. Social media when it comes to blogging. Yeah. Well, you mentioned John Henry. I got a, a quite a funny story about John Henry. If you fancy it, <laughs> go ahead. Go on. All right, I've got a mate that that worked at Anfield in one of the bars and one of the executive rooms. And John Henry didn't always go doesn't go to every match, but he went to this match. And he got to the wine. My mate took him the wine tripped up and spilt the wine all down him oh and he was God. just not happy Jesus Christ I don't think that mate got invited back to Anfield red, after red that. wine as well was it yeah or? oh fuck oh, like he, he had like a, he had like a, a person standing by with a new suit anyway so, so he was like a white shirt yeah. as well isn't it? so he was just ruined <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hilarious fuck me yeah, yeah, it's not, not, not yeah. You mentioned Never a clever move, is it? But, yeah, you mentioned you were <laughs> opinionated. What, what do you reckon is your most uh, unpopular Liverpool opinion then? Ah, uh, well, it's probably I, over the years I've been quite a big, big fan and um, of, of FSG, um, uh, and I think back in the early years when when we were um, uh, when they were relatively new to the club and and, and everyone was still hurting a bit from the, the Hicks and Gillette era. Yeah. Um that was a that wasn't the, 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 the most popular opinion. And obviously over the over the, the course of a few transfer windows people were, were angry with, with how much they were spending investing in the club. Um, you know, but I have always taken the view that they um that, that that they're here for the long term, they've got an eye on the long term. Um and and I've always been quite uh you know, I've I've always been quite outspoken about how good they are for the club. Um, and that's not always landed particularly well, um, but thankfully these days I think uh, in the words, aren't they? in agreement. They're, uh, yeah. mm. they're you know they're they're fantastic custodians. So um, uh, yeah, it's uh, and that's what we all want at the end of the day. You know, we all want what's best for the club, and we all want owners that care, uh, and we all want you know um, the club to be able to, to kick on. So. Um, but yeah, certainly in the early days, that wasn't always the uh, the popular opinion. <laughs> well, you proved them wrong. I think we've had we've had other owners who care and have got no money, who've, or have got no money and don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now, I think we've got a nice balance with FSG. 
And you don't yeah. you don't ever read anything on Twitter anymore about FSG. It, it used to be rife, didn't it? Like people going, oh, FSG out. The old popular hashtag, mm. FSG out. And it's like you don't read anything about that anymore. So it's a testament to how yeah, well they're doing. They, yeah, and they've, and they've properly taken their time to get, to get the club as well. I think Mike Gordon... Um, is uh, I think he's hugely invested in uh, in the club uh, and the culture and, and you know I think jo- uh, John Henry and Tom Tom Werner probably a little bit less invested but but obviously very passionate about winning yeah um, sure. uh, and and the you know the decisions they're making now are, are fan- you know the, the appointment of Michael Edwards you know Peter Moore's coming in as CEO yeah. um, obviously the appointment of Klopp. Um, every single decision they're making now is, is kicking us on, and yeah. that can only be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. That seems like a perfect, perfect, the perfect end. note to end yeah. it on. <laughs> it does. Uh, I'd like to thank you again for yeah. coming on. Thanks tonight. for coming on, si. um, Yeah. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's been brilliant, mate. And to all you listeners out there, we'll be back at the same time next week. Network.